Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm I'm Tom. (laughs) You're a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Julia. (laughs) Smoked out. (laughs) Happy November, guys. Yes, it is. We're giddy with with the holiday excitement. Nobody can fault us for decorating for Christmas now, right? No. We're recording the day before Halloween and my tree is up. Well, the tree itself, not the lights or the ornaments. I'm totes jelly. We spent the day today. I took the day off work uh, to help Christine get the shop all Christmasified. Nice. That sounds like a great day. So we're spending, we're going to work on the house this weekend. Nice. So over the weekend, I was watching the Hallmark Christmas stuff nonstop because they started their marathons, and it made me so happy. Even though I'm not the biggest Hallmark guy, just that it's that time of the year. I couldn't turn it off. <laughs> I'm with you. Also, uh, my mother got me, Sarah, my sister, and her and my father tickets to the Radio City Christmas Spectacular for the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So I'm very excited. Is that with the Rockettes? That's the Rockettes, yep. So the tree won't be lit. That gets lit Tuesday, but the city will be Christmas-fied before that. So we'll have a blast. And I'm going to try to live stream some of it because you're allowed to take videos and cameras. Wow, that's neat. That's unexpected. That's cool. Yeah. So stay tuned to social media. Um, I have a little fun announcement to make that we haven't talked about yet. Well, we're excited to, to let you all know that we've been working on something behind the scenes and we have we are one of the launch partners for the Christmas Podcast Network. It's a just what the name says. It's a network of Christmas podcasts. Think of it like Radiotopia for Christmas. And we're at our launch on November 1st. We are joined with Christmas Past, Deck the Hallmark, Weird Christmas, Christmas Creeps, Hallmark and Jess, and Tinsel Tunes. The network is going to be sure to grow, but you can now visit christmaspodcastnetwork.com to find all sorts of new fun content and all new uploads of episodes from all of those podcasts. I'm so excited to be listed alongside such other great Christmas content. Right? No kidding. And to have a one-stop shop to get all of your best Christmas podcasting content. I'm digging it. It's really exciting. I can't believe this didn't exist already and that we're part of the uh, initial launch. I feel like one of the cool kids. Finally. Finally, a cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is not what people call you when you tell them that you have a Christmas podcast that meets weekly. <laughs> well, not everybody. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not, not everyone. But 
Just saying. You know, I got to do a little shout out for one of our our partner podcasts. Can't wait for Christmas podcast. This last, uh, he does his podcast on the 25th of every month. And in October, he went on this huge soapbox. And I love the analogy he used. He said, you know, people always complain when I talk about decorating early for Christmas or for Christmas decorations coming out in the stores early. Yeah, Target has a couple of aisles for Christmas. They also have a couple of aisles for dog food. I don't have pets, but you don't see me complaining. <laughs> so that's my, that's my new go-to answer. That's Thanks for that, Tim. Yeah, that's awesome. He's a funny guy. So tonight we are returning to the world of Rankin Bass and covering 1974's special, The Year Without a Santa Claus. Did you ever hear of that terrible year way back before you were born? When Santa Claus took a holiday on the night before Christmas morn. It was a year without a Santa Claus, a Christmas he so sad. It was a year without a Santa Claus, the worst we've ever had. This special, and I didn't know this, was based on a 1956 book of the same name written by Phyllis McGinley. And Boris Karloff, who voiced the Grinch, among many other things he's done, did the audio for the book. He has a reading of it. So I found that funny that the Grinch is reading The Year Without the Santa Claus. (laughs) My mind just exploded. That's a lot of Christmas. It's available on YouTube for free. So you guys should check it out. Um, But Julia, do you want to give us the plot synopsis? Definitely. When a weary and disgruntled Santa who believes not enough people in the world have Christmas spirit or believe in him anymore comes down with a cold, he considers taking a holiday and skipping his annual Christmas Eve run. This doesn't sit well with Mrs. Claus, who sets out, along with two elves called Jingle and Jangle, to find children who can convince Santa that the Christmas spirit is alive and well and that people do still believe in him. In order to achieve this, however, they must seek out the aid of the Miser Brothers, Snow Miser and Heat Miser, Mother Nature's disgruntled feuding sons. So let's start off as we always do with our histories. And I'm going to go first because I'm weary and disgruntled that I'm the only one on the show who seems to like Rankin Bass. So it can only go down for me. So, so I'll start. Yeah, this special has been like a staple in my house since I was really young, along with all the other Rankin Bass ones. I mentioned before Santa Claus is Coming to Town is my favorite Rankin Bass special. But I have more nostalgia for this. Like, Rudolph levels nostalgia with this because while Rudolph was my mom's favorite special, this one was my dad's favorite special. And that stuck with me because my dad's not nowhere near as big on Christmas as my mother or I am or anything. But he loved this special, specifically the Miser Brothers and their dueling songs. So uh, that kind of rubbed off as on me as a child and stuck with me through the all the years. Yeah, so I watched this yearly and... Yeah, that's about it. We'll get into what I think of it in a bit. So, Julia or Tom, what about you? So, not not a Rankin and Bass fan. And don't have the nostalgia for it. Y'all do. But I do have to say I'd forgotten about this movie because they all kind of run together to me, right? Because I don't have the nostalgia that breaks them apart and really uh, 
makes them distinct in my brain. But watching this one, I remember watching this when it was on TV occasionally, definitely not yearly. Um, and I, I didn't hate it. It might be one of my favorite ones we've covered to date. So I, it's funny. We've talked in the past about Rankin and Bass, their skills getting better as, as the years go by. And this one I thought was very good from a technical perspective. So hmm. that's my history. What about you, Tom? I remember this show from my childhood. The main thing I remember from it, though, to be honest, it, it wasn't part of my canon, are the Miser Brothers song. Just it's an earworm, right? And the moment you hear, the moment I hear those first few notes, I'm like, oh, I'm taken back to childhood. So that was really... Dun, 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 yes. Dun. yes. I'm just, I was taken back to childhood. I, it was, it was a, a nice nostalgic feeling watching this film. Um, I don't remember the first time I watched it. And I don't, again, I don't remember a time without this. But I, like Julia, um, experience a little bit of Rankin Bass blur. Aside from Rudolph, they do together for me. And it doesn't help that when you watch this on YouTube, they immediately start playing other ones right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> also, so I just Frank have to ask. Bass blur. That's a did we, Right? Yeah. Did we, did we all watch this on YouTube? I no. paid to watch this. <laughs> I own the Blu-ray. The YouTube version is in the little square box, right? No, the one I had was giant, and there were all these little dots like an overlay so that it, well, I'm thinking they're trying to beat the algorithm or in, uh, so the audio was, was really down and, um, not quite aligned. Yeah. Maybe it's good that I paid two ninety nine to watch it. Though. I kind of wish I had just paid two ninety nine. <laughs> well, this is how lazy I am. I own the Blu-ray, but because I'm so used to streaming now, when I, I searched for it on the fire stick first and saw it wasn't available to rent for free, you had to purchase it for two bucks, two ninety nine. Yeah. And I thought to myself, do I want to do this instead of just getting up, walking over to my shelf and sticking <laughs> on the disc? But I did it. I decided not to be lazy. <laughs> I commend you. <laughs> um, but let's run through the cast and credits real quick, like we always do. And because it's Rankin Bass, a lot of these, we have a lot of um, encore appearances from people who've been on our show before. So it's directed by Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin Jr., of course. Uh, it was written by William Keenan, and this is one of the only Rankin Bass specials that Romeo Muller didn't write. So maybe that could be why you like it a little bit more, Julia. Very possible. I thought he did a good job, though, of capturing the tone of Rankin Bass. Music and lyrics were done by Maury Laws and Jules Bass. Again, they've done them all. And the cast includes Shirley Booth as Mrs. Claus. And this was her last acting project. Um, oh. She's best known for Hazel and A Touch of Grace. Mickey Rooney played Santa Claus. And this is the second time he's voiced Santa. The first being in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And he has a ton of acting credits. I'm not even going to go through them because I'm pretty sure we probably covered them the last time. Uh, Snow Miser was played by Dick Sean of the producer's fame. Heat Miser was played by George S. Irving, who did the vo a voice in Underdog. I think he was Underdog. 
And um, he reprised the role in 2008, The Miser Brothers Christmas. Jingle Bells was played by Bob McFadden, and he was on Thundercats, Silverhawks. He did a voice in The Leprechaun's Christmas Gold, The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, and Twas the Night Before Christmas. Thundercats! That's exciting. <laughs> I'm excited about Thundercats. Is that what you were excited about? Too? Uh, yeah. Hello, Thundercats. Definitely. <laughs> Jangle Bells is played by Bradley Bulk from Tennessee Tuxedo and His Tales and the New Casper Cartoon Show. Mother Nature is played by Rhoda Mann, who didn't have much to her name. The Mayor of Southtown and Mister. Thistlewhite were voiced by Ron Marshall. Iggy Thistlewhite was played by Colin Duffy, and this was like his only credit. Crispin Glover played his father. His dad looks just like Crispin Glover. <laughs> it looks like a puppet Rankin Bass version of Crispin Glover. I can totally see that. <laughs> then you just have the Blue Christmas Girl, played by Christine Winter, and she was in the animated Twas the Night Before Christmas, also done by Rankin Bass. And the Children Choir were played by the Wee Winter Singers. There's actually a few interesting tidbits about this special, just I wanted to bring up before, you know, we really talk about it in earnest. Along with Santa Claus is Coming to Town, this is the most played Rankin-Bass special every holiday season. Mm. Rudolph and Frosty are played sparingly on CBS, and Freeform plays this and Santa Claus is Coming to Town multiple times per week. Like, you don't need to DVR it at all. It is always on. Um, That's probably why I remember it so well. Because I do remember (laughs) this one more than I remember Rudolph or Frosty or even Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And this has the distinction of being the only Rankin-Bass special that was ever remade as a live-action film, which we talked about last week for a bit. It was a made-for-TV movie, premiered on NBC in 2006. And it was awful it starred john goodman as santa claus delta burke as mrs claus michael mckean as snow miser harvey feinstein as heat miser and carol kane as mother nature i did not recognize john goodman no it doesn't look like him at all and that on the cover when i was searching for it i just found the cover and i didn't real i mean we had talked about this last week but i did not realize that was john goodman so i was like oh here's another uh, here's another film with the same name, but when I posted it on Slack, Anthony's like, no, dude, we talked about that last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you listened to me, Tom. No, but he, he may not look like John Goodman, but he plays Santa Claus like uh, Ann Connor and Roseanne, just about, like oh. that type of, yeah. It's, oh. Really? It's weird, it's weird. yeah. Very, I mean, very tough. John Goodman is capable of warmth. I mean, when he's sully, he's so warm. And like in King Ralph, you remember that movie from the 90s? Oh, I love that Loved movie. that movie. <laughs> Never saw he's it. He's so jolly. And, oh, it's worth it. I mean, I'd probably regret saying that if I watched it now, like most things that you watch in the early 90s. But, but yeah, that bums me out to hear that. I'm sure, I'm sure one day it'll make our list and we can talk about his portrayal. I think we should do it uh, one year from... Maybe we just put an end date on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or like Tom said, one year from today we should cover. Um, Is that literally what you just said? That's what I just said. I, oh, I literally... I, I gave him credit for it, though. 
Well, I couldn't hear it. We were, oh. Yeah, we're talking at the same time. I thought you were razzing him, you know, because that happens sometimes. Only sometimes. Oh. <laughs> I, when I watched this, I did think to myself, I bet sometimes Julia feels like Mother Nature when her when me and Tom are arguing, <laughs> like Snow Miser and Heat Miser. <laughs> and she just feels like shouting, boys, enough. <laughs> they um, are freakishly larger than her. Yes. Well, I, ha- I mean, like, I can't figure out the, the genetics uh, there. Who's their dad? Maybe Father Time. Father Time? But he's like this wee little bald guy in the last, you know, in the last few Rankin Basses we've seen. He's he's all skinny and old. And well, anyway, it's been a while since we had a Harry Potter reference. Hagrid had a normal sized father and a giantess mother. So he did. That's true. Yeah. One last thing about just in general trivia for this film, like the other Rankin Bass specials, it had a sequel done years later. Not by Rankin Bass, but mm-hmm. traditional stop motion animation. And it uh, premiered on ABC Family on December 13, 2008. Mm-hmm. And it was called A Miser Brothers Christmas. And it was made due to the enduring popularity of Snow Miser and Heat Miser. Hmm. Have you seen that, Anthony? No. I've, I've seen, uh, all I know is they reprise their song in it because the song mm-hmm. is everything. But mm-hmm. so. I want to kick off this conversation by asking you, Julia, why do you think you like this one more than the other ones? And Tom, if that's true for you too. So for me, for one, I think it's that the story didn't go as off the rails as a lot of these other Rankin and Bass stories have a tendency to go. It did a little bit, (laughs) but I lost, that's where I started to lose attention, but I feel like it didn't do it enough for me to completely disconnect there were less objectionable music numbers and i'm gonna put an asterisk by that because i fast forwarded through at least three of them because i got really tired i used the 10 second advance um so that helped but i really liked the santa in this one i mean he's a big fat crybaby aside from that i love the look of him like hashtag this is my santa he is adorable and i liked i liked precious baby santa that what which one was that which rankin and bass was that rudolph rudolph i love that precious rudolph santa that you think has dead eyes um Mm -hmm. but this one i really loved this one was such a good santa and i liked the mrs claus so like it hit all of the main characters that are important to me i think that's why i liked it better I don't know that or let's also discuss the fact that we have not had a Rankin and Bass special on the books for quite some time. So I have no burnout and it's very real possibility. I had burnout previously that jaded my view. Same I think that's the biggest contributing factor is that I've had a nice little break. And I think it helps her right on the cusp of the holiday season. Now. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And this um, song, I mean, the song has a lot to do with it for me. I think the best way to talk about the special is just kind of going through via the songs because that kind of leads us through the plot a bit. But um, I think what also helps with the special probably is it was based on a book. So it had source material, whereas the other ones we've covered so far were based on two minute songs that they had to pad out into hour long specials. And lots so. of drugs. <laughs> and lots of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the special opens up with Mrs. Claus singing about this year long before we were all born when Santa Claus took a holiday and there was no Santa Claus. It was a year without a Santa Claus and it sets the tone for the whole special. So what did you think of this one? I didn't mind it. I did think it's funny he was griping about needing a holiday when literally he works one day a year. (laughs) It's like, how much more do you need? (laughs) And he doesn't build the toys, the elves. No, like literally he works a single day, but you know, sometimes it's just too much. (laughs) You know... (laughs) I think we're I think this leads to a great segue that I wanted to talk to you guys about since I watched this. Rankin and Bass Santa has some serious identity crises going on, right? <laughs> he does. I mean, we have Rudolph where Santa's just a real jerk and and openly mocks a reindeer because his child is different to this wonderful enthusiastic let's take over the world santa claus in santa claus is coming to town and then you have this guy who's like ah screw it <laughs> i just i don't I got know a cold. so i was thinking because this is a connected universe and there are parts that reference the other specials in this one that i wanted to mention but i was trying to figure out because it was all done retroactively technically where this one would have fallen based on santa's personality and i was I think it would come before Rudolph and Frosty. I think it would probably be the second one after Santa Claus is coming to town. Like Santa Claus is coming to town, if you go with the superhero analogy, is the origin story, right? Mm-hmm. And then this one is Spider-Man 2, where he's sick of being Spider-Man and wants to give it up. And then he's forced back into it at the end. So I think that's where this one falls. It's the sequel to every movie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's always in the sequel where they're like, gosh, I'm sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is the second one in chronological order. Sense. I could see that. That makes sense. But uh, the painting that they hung up in the town square at the end of Santa Claus is Coming to Town is now hanging in his bedroom in this special. So Okay, I wondered about that. The one that looks like my kid could have done it. Yeah. Because he stood looking at it, and I'm like, hmm, you think he'd have better artwork on his walls. <laughs> you really would. That was after. That was after. So I was watching it with Marty. That was after, uh, during the song, he mentioned something about 10 toes. And, like, he has his hands there. And then he mentions his 10 toes. And I'm like, he has four fingers on each hand. <laughs> he has enough room on his tiny little elf feet to have 10 toes. <laughs> I guess four fingers didn't, you know, rhyme four toes. thought that was funny. So Santa wants to skip his Christmas Eve run this year because he has a cold. And uh, that's re- not the real reason why. This really nasty elf <laughs> convinces him that nobody likes him anymore. <laughs> him. And I'm convinced that elf has him. to be related to Hermes' boss in Rudolph because he was a jerk too. And they looked alike. Definitely. Definitely. But, but basically, let's be honest with what happens to Santa. The cold is is a minute issue. It's that he doesn't feel appreciated. And that creates a Santa that I don't like. Yeah, because that's a selfish Santa, right? Right. He's like, oh, yeah. they're not, they don't like me enough. They're not giving me enough credit. So I'm going to stay home. And my back hurts. I did like the poetic way that she described him getting out of bed and putting one boot on. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's twin. So I'm just going to push back a tiny little bit because I agree with what you're saying. 
But I don't know. Like, you assume he's Santa Claus for centuries, right? I don't know how long he's been Santa at this point. Gotta get tired a little bit. From his one day of work a year. Well, I'm not even saying physically tired. I'm just saying, like... <laughs> it's literally the holiday that every kid looks forward to all year long. And, like... He wants to take that away from... <laughs> yeah, that was a serious... It, it was seriously incongruent to me that when Jingle and Jangle, which is a really awful name... Um, yeah. And makes it was just too over-the-top kitsch for me. Um, trying to be way We're too... The- cutesy jangle anyway when they're talking to the kids and the kids like santa's taking a holiday it's in all the papers we don't believe in santa like what yeah <laughs> what? why is no kid dashed at all about well to your point tom even the mayor doesn't believe in santa but he promises them he'll free vixen from the pound if he, he get it to snow and then he goes around around town saying it's gonna snow so he believes <laughs> oh, I think he was being sarcastic, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's doing. I don't know. I don't that, know. that is a long. That is a long game to play to try to humiliate some people. <laughs> right? <laughs> Develop this whole song, sing it all around town, even when they're not with you, just to make fun of them. <laughs> but we'll get to that song. So after but- Santa decides, uh, or is starting to think, maybe I'll skip this year. Mrs. Claus sings this song called I Could Be Santa Claus, and she's standing in front of the mirror, dressing up as him, and uh, saying basically anyone could be Santa. Mm-hmm. So what did you guys think of this one? It was hard to not picture Angela. Yeah, but it was hard for me, especially when she lifts her skirt up and she's got red socks on, for me to not think about Angela Lansbury. I want the world to know there's a Mrs. Santa Claus. I was like, oh, I want to watch that movie again. <laughs> She was definitely a active Mrs. Claus, I think, this one. She was. She really was. Sure. I like that, though. I liked her role and how while Santa's being lazy, she's going around and fixing everything, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It felt very if you, appropriate. If you kind of look at this movie, aside from Jingle and Jangle, the male figures on it are pretty much useless. Everything <laughs> is saved by women. Yeah, Mrs. Claus and Mother Nature save the day. Well, well I guess even Jingle and Jangle, they can't actually do anything. Did you yeah, notice no, that the, uh, Mrs. Sorry, Claus had uh, red streaks in her hair, which is a nice callback to the Santa Jessica? Yep, Jessica yeah. and Santa Claus yeah. is going to town. Yep. yep. I thought the same thing. So I very much appreciated that. So Mrs. Santa sends Jingle and Jangle to elves with Vixen, the baby reindeer. She's a baby in this one, I guess. Down to where all the people live to basically find children who believe in Santa Claus so they can convince Santa that, you know... He should still do his run and he's appreciated. And uh, on their way flying down, they get caught in this in the middle of this fight between Mother Nature's two sons, the Snow Miser and the Heat Miser. Snow Miser controls the cold and the snow. Did he say half-brother or stepbrother? He said stepbrother. Stepbrother, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're stepbrothers? That's what he said. That's what one of them says at the end, which, which brings we- about more... <laughs> fathers. Boy, Mother Nature's getting around. Maybe Jack Frost is Snow Miser's father. Oh, maybe. I got very big Martin Short feels from Snow Miser, which he was the reason why they made. Wasn't he a huge inspiration for Martin Short's Santa Claus character? Mm-hmm. Why can't I think of it? Jack Frost. Good grief. Yeah, I got I got those feels. Oh, I was total. picking it up. So... Heat Miser and Snow Miser are feuding. They're shooting lightning bolts and snow at one another. 
And one wow. of them hits Vixen and they have to make an emergency landing, much like Mrs. Santa Claus, in uh, Southtown, which is somewhere in Southern America. Not sure where. But uh, the elves disguise Vixen as a dog and uh, she gets taken to the pound and they, uh, they're trying to find a way to get her back. Meanwhile, back at the North Pole, Santa finds out they took Vixen and he gets so upset. So he takes another reindeer down to go bring them back home. I think we should point out how she got to the pound. For whatever reason, these giant brown socks that the elves had with them <laughs> fit perfectly over her tiny little nub horns. <laughs> and just stayed there. Okay, so that's my first issue with, with, with Vixen here. Vixen is a baby. They keep talking about how she's so young, she's so young. She's already part of Santa's team, which completely doesn't make sense given how Santa's team is selected and we learn from Rudolph. That doesn't make sense at all. And then if she's part of the team, then she travels the world. So she has to be used to heat. So why is she getting so sick from heat now? I got problems with the whole Vixen storyline. <laughs> so... When Santa flies down, he meets this family, the Bissell Whites, and they invite him to dinner because they see he has a cold. All right. So, what kind of people are like, oh, there's a sick man. Hey, come hang out with me and my family. <laughs> come breathe on my children. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I would not be that person. <laughs> well, Santa's disheartened by the son of this family, Iggy, because he says he's too old to believe in Santa Claus. So then Santa and his father sing the song, I Believe in Santa Claus. And I actually really like this song, the message of this song. Mickey Rooney can't really sing. (laughs) 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 But I like the message of this song, how, uh, you know, there's a time when you think you're too old to believe in Santa Claus, but you come around to believing in him again. And I like that message anyway. This is one of those I fast forwarded through a little bit. It probably had a lot to do with Mickey Rooney. Not being able to sing. It was bad. Yeah, it just kept going and on and on. and it just Crispin Glover was a better singer. <laughs> he was a better singer. I agree. That's when I stopped fast-forwarding. Actually, I'm like, oh, somebody new singing. And then I heard it, and I'm like, I'm not going to listen to that. <laughs> so then this, after the song, this kid is like, well, if you're not too old to believe in Santa. So he makes an age joke with Santa Claus himself. <laughs> and then he sees Santa take off on whatever reindeer he flew down, Donner, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's like, wow, he was a real Santa Claus. And uh, he meets up with the elves and they go to the mayor <laughs> and try to get Vixen released in the pound. <laughs> and the mayor's yeah. obviously laughing in their face. So why in the world did some grown, did their dad say, yeah, you know, you guys should go talk to the mayor because mayors always believe children. Why was the dad too cheap to bail out Vixen himself? Well, we, in all fairness, we don't know what they were charging to get Vixen out. That's true. true. They never discussed the price. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, the mayor basically says, if you make it snow in Southtown, which he believes will never happen because he doesn't believe they're elves or Santa or anything like that, he'll release Vixen. And then he goes dancing around town on this long game, like Tom described it a few minutes ago, basically singing a mocking song about how it's going to snow right here in Dixie. Which is part of the off the rails <laughs> Franken bass where I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> yep, I agree. Charlie Chaplin had a cameo in the song though. He was in the background. Did he really? Yep. I didn't see that. I did, I did not see that. Mm-mm. He was. So did the book, did you listen to the book, Anthony? I did not. 
I just oh. discovered it a few minutes before. Uh, I'm wondering if, if the book called it Southtown or if that's what they called it because Rankin and Bass, they're not so good with the naming of towns. Sombertown, right. Southtown. <laughs> <laughs> well, they give them very like young fairy tale type names, right? Southtown is magical. <laughs> so, to, so to get it to snow in Southtown where it never snows... They enlist the help of Mrs. Claus, and Mrs. Claus, Iggy Thistlewhite, and the two L's go pay a trip to Snow Miser. How did they get a hold of Mrs. Claus? Did I miss that? Mrs. Claus has a really funny line when she's because she's narrating the story about how uh, Jingle and Jangle decided to do something really smart. They called me, or whatever the line the line was. Okay, but we didn't actually see them do that, right? No, no, no. But uh, they go fly to visit Snow Miser. This is most people i would assume favorite part of the special the miser brothers bit in the center here at least it was for me they're too much (laughs) so they show up and the this music starts to play and mrs claus just deadpans here he comes now the big ham so she has some kind of history with these guys and snow miser comes dancing out with a bunch of little minions that look exactly like him only come up to his knee like mini me's. Yeah. And he has this song and dance number about how he's Mr. White Christmas and loves the snow and the cold. And it's an earworm. Absolutely. I won't say I like this song. I won't say I dislike it. I don't really have an opinion on it, but it is an earworm and you do remember it for years to come. I liked the song. But I like the Miser Brothers. For me, they're the highlight of the special, the two characters. Like, yeah. I like everything from their designs to the voice acting and then the song. Which, by the way, did you notice Jingle and Jangle looked like Snow Miser and Heat Miser? Tall, lanky, short, fat, and then they had the facial structures. Oh, I can totally see that. Yeah, me too. Interesting. So I thought that was very cool. So this film, this song, appears in 1998's Batman and Robin, starring George Clooney. Mr. Freeze, Freeze, who is Arnold Schwarzenegger, his lair is in a giant snow cone factory, and he has it on his frozen TV set, and he's making all his henchmen bundled up in fur coats sing it. He's like, sing, sing, and they're all singing, I'm Mr. White Christmas. Oh my gosh. That's that's hilarious. That is funny. (laughs) Total Adam West 60s Batman type of movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. I appreciated it. Might be worth so, a rewatch just to see that. Well, I think that movie Might. is worth a rewatch if you're watching it from the point of view that it's adapting the 60s show and not a serious movie. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So Miser agrees to help and make it snow, but uh-oh, it's in the Southern Hemisphere. He can't. <laughs> 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 I love how he's so like amiable. He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm up for this. Let's do this thing." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "How's your hubby?" Total a hole. Yeah, he's like, "How's your hubby? You should have brought him around." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they go to Heatmiser because they need his permission to let it snow in the south. And he's the complete opposite. He's short and angry he literally looks like a little troll demon he has a troll hair with fire but he basically sings his own version of the song i'm mr green christmas i'm mr sun with his own little mini me's and uh he refuses to let it snow 
in the South unless he's allowed to make it warm in the North Pole. So the brothers get into this big fight and Mrs. Claus just decides, I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to above your heads and I'm going to Mother mm-hmm. Nature. Heck yeah. Who's their mother, obviously. One of their stepmoms, apparently. One of their stepmoms. I'm going to guess Heat Miser stepmom. Yeah, Heat is the redheaded stepchild in this situation. Like, <laughs> all so I did like the fake out when they're flying to Mother Nature, and you can tell when it's about to be a commercial break. It's stormy and everything, and you think she's going to be this really angry lady. And then she's the kindest old lady serving them tea and everything. <laughs> Yeah, Mrs. Claus go. What did she say? She's like, I was a little worried about talking to Mother Nature because I've heard she's blah, blah, blah. And then a slight pause, the screen goes black and it comes up and she's like, as I said, I was worried about talking to Mother Nature. And I'm like, that's that's where you really need commercials. (laughs) Not not a great lead in there. But Mother Nature is very amicable, and she gets upset at her two sons for not helping. And I just love that her sons tower over her, but like a lot of sons with their mothers, like just a little stern warning, and they're like, yes, mother, dear. Yeah. I liked that. I liked that part. I did, too. And when she's talking about how they're such good boys, and they're shaking their fists behind her back at one another, (laughs) I liked that whole scene. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, they make it snow in Southtown, and everyone's happy, and they decide to give Santa a holiday. And you get this, it's a small world moment when you see children of the world, stereotypical children of the world. Yeah. Racist I mean. tropes. <laughs> Racist tropes is what we see. <laughs> Running around, holding hands. and uh, They're all, all these children are flying by themselves to the North Pole. So from not knowing Santa's real to suddenly knowing exactly where he lives and having the financial means to get there. (laughs) And by this point, Santa has fixed him back. Everyone's home. He's opening mail and he sees a letter for me. And it's this little girl who basically wrote, she'll have a blue Christmas without him. And she sings a rendition of blue Christmas. It was a cute version. It was cute. But I know Julia doesn't thinks if it's not Elvis, it's not worth it, right? That's oh, right. <laughs> if it's not so bad, I can spoof it. I'm not listening to it. <laughs> Do it. Oh, 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 have a blue. Can I go on a random tangent? Yeah. Yeah. Always. Why did that show Mama Love the Roses, that song Mama Love the Roses, end up on... The Christmas album for what? Elvis. Oh, Mama, love the roses. You know that song? That's on the Christmas. I've never yes. looked at the album. It's on the album, and I can't understand why. Has it ever been sung by anybody else in a Christmas setting? Like, is so. it one of those perplexing? This is not a Christmas song, but people persist and sing it at Christmas time. No, it's just Elvis did it. Speaking <laughs> of songs, do you guys know the song "Fairy Tale of New York"? Yep. Uh, Have you listened right to the off. lyrics? Yeah. That's the one, and the boys in the NYPD choir were singing. The one where he calls her an S-L-U-T, and she calls them an F-A-G-G-O-T? Yeah. What? Well, I hear it all the time on the radio, but I never actually listened to it until we were in Christine's store today, decorating for Christmas. Christmas music is blaring, and the uh, the window washer is there doing the inside of the windows. And I'm like, oh, this is uh, maybe not the most appropriate thing ever. What's the name of the song? 
Fairy tale of New York. York. So this letter from this one child changes Santa's mind all of a sudden, and he feels better, and he decides, look up the sleigh, I'm going out after all. And uh, he rides down Santa Claus Lane as children sing, here comes Santa Claus. That was bizarre to me. Really? I like that part. Well, no, not that I didn't like it. Mm Mm-hmm. Just like Santa Claus out there in front of everybody, like where they can see him and like it's not secretive and he's just like there. But I mean, I get it. It kind of goes to what you were saying about the selfish Santa, right? Like this guy needs applause. Like I'm coming out (laughs) this year and then he's riding down the lane like a parade. (laughs) Didn't he make a, didn't uh, uh, Mrs. Claus make a deal about that though when she said, now Santa usually tries to hide it better or something when he takes off on the reindeer, but he was in a hurry to get to Vixen. So she talked about like, Oh, I missed that. Yeah, no, you're right, Tom. She did. It felt very Christmassy. I liked the atmosphere in that whole part. And I mean, him on the sleigh, he's adorable. So it was all fine. It was just kind of, it was just different, you know? And I'm pretty sure, like Joanna said in our Supernatural episode, this is the film they ripped that scene of Santa flying from. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely that film. So she was 100% right. Mm-hmm. So good How job, funny it though. followed it right up. So Joanna, if you're listening, you should go on Wikipedia and fix the page, which claims Rudolph was the special they were watching. <laughs> and then the final song in the movie is The Year Without a Santa Claus Reprise, where uh, Mrs. Claus, was she implying this whole thing was a weird dream? Because <laughs> That's sure what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah i was very confused by all of that he makes some mention like that was a terrible dream or was (laughs) that a terrible dream so that line if you go on any youtube clip of this special people are always writing down that line i dream such awful things yeah it's it's super deep for a movie like this we've got issues issues he does have issues. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like, issues. and it's just his his head. It's such a tight <laughs> shot on his face. <laughs> he says that. You're kind of like, is that real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and that's the movie. Do you guys have any quotes or favorite scenes? So I like when they're visiting Snow Miser. He's like, so Mrs. C, how's your hubby? And Mrs. Santa Claus is like, not too good, Snowy. He's got a bad cold. And Snow Miser replies, oh, that's a shame. He should have come to see me. I'd have given him a good one. Ha, ha, ha. A little chilly humor there. I liked, so Dr. Bobbin, that terrible Dr. Elf, he's like ragging on Santa the whole time, just feeding into his insecurities. And then Mrs. Santa's like, Santa, don't you pay him any mind? And Dr. Bobbin goes, nobody cares a hoot and holler for you or Christmas. Oh, by the way, Merry Christmas to you. I did like the exchange with Santa and Mrs. Claus when he knows she's doing something and he's like, all right, what are you up to? And she says, up to, do I look like I'm up to something? Santa just says, no, you don't look like you're up to something, but whenever you look like you're not up to anything, you're up to something. (laughs) I like that too. Ironing. Yeah. She's like ironing his shirt or something. So she has the iron in her hand and she gets distracted and picks up a flat wood block with a piece of rope that's like a handle. And Marty looked at it and he's like, what was that up there for? What she's supposed to do with that while she's ironing clothes? <laughs> what the heck? So I really like that exchange, Tom, because it kind of shows 
there's an implied sense of history between Santa and Mrs. Claus, and I appreciated that. I liked the bit. I liked when they were visiting Heat Miser as well, and he's just really sarcastic. He is like, "Well, well, Mrs. Claus, how's your husband doing? Out doing another commercial for my brother?" And, she, and she's like, "Oh, come now, you know he's not on your brother's payroll." <laughs> and my favorite song again was basically the Miser Brothers song. I just love those two characters but like you said julia production wise they really improved their production values from the first one they did which is rudolph up through now yeah they did i had another problem with this movie Ooh, what when the girl's drawing the christmas tree and the christmas tree's blue she made the little ornaments green and supposed to be decorations of red on a green christmas tree she's singing that as she's drawing this blue christmas tree with green and it bothered me Oh, yeah, I didn't catch that. <laughs> she went wild with that blue crayon. And when they got to Southtown, and they, you know, it's supposed to be a hot place. Why was the first lady they talked to wearing a coat? <laughs> <laughs> and using her cat as a muff. Well, that's just what you do with a cat. That's finding a use for a, use for a useless animal, right? <laughs> in fair, in <laughs> fairness, it could have been like 45 down in Southtown because Snow Miser sings he doesn't like a day over 40 degrees. So for her, it could have been like 45. She could have been a bit chilly. Okay. The kids um, were wearing like short sleeves and shorts. <laughs> I do that in 40 degree weather. <laughs> Same. See, I said it's Tom, no foot prisons. No I used that, by the way, at <gasps> Sunday you? school the other night with my with my son. He hates shoes. So I told the lady, I'm like, you can try and put shoes on him, but don't <laughs> don't hold your breath. No foot presents for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So does, does this movie pass the Linus test? I want to say no, and let me tell you why. We should not have a movie where Santa needs a Linus moment. It's just wrong. We've talked about that before. I know it's just wrong, and it bothers me every time. I don't, I don't, I don't know that it's a Linus moment if he does what he should be doing because he finally feels validated. That doesn't feel like a Linus moment to me. No. So you think I like that, that what with that letter he he feels val he got validation from that letter rather than I feel bad that this girl's so sad because of me. I didn't I mean, get the like sadness. Kind of the same, yeah. I got the oh wait, I am important. Let me go. Yeah, and that's not what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. I don't feel like there was a sacrifice in there from Santa. No, he was he was sacrificing his Christmas Eve every year. <laughs> he was sacrificing the one day. The one day he has to work. He works so hard. Poor nice guy. Okay, so what would you rate this film then? Okay, going wait. on our TV specials, right? Correct. It's definitely better than Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. I'm going to go with a 6.95 for this one. I'm going to go with a 7.5. I'm going to go with an 8.5. So the average is 7.65, which puts it at number four on our Christmas television canon list. After Santa Claus is coming to town and before Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer really still nothing in the middle is there really not. <laughs> a big crevasse <laughs> so since we covered a ranking bass special today i want to mention there's some ranking bass news that came to us courtesy of gj davila on reddit so ranking bass historian rick goldschmidt 
who wrote the Enchanted World of Rankin Bass and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the making of a Rankin Bass holiday classic, just published a new book about the making of Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which is available now. And I looked at it online, and it's like this big, glossy, few-hundred-page book. Like, it looks beautiful. So for any Rankin Bass fans out there, it looks like it's worth a read. I'm going to put it on my Christmas list. Mm. Um, Claymation pioneer Will Vinton died on October 4th at the age of 70. And he he produced and directed the Emmy-winning special, A Claymation Christmas Celebration, which we have to add to our list one day because that one is insane really that's a dinosaurs and raisins and yeah oh yeah i've heard of it (laughs) i've heard of it and a piece of non-rankin bass news that they mentioned as well to compete with 20 freeform's 25 days of christmas amc is launching their own month-long marathon of yuletide programming which they call the best christmas ever have you guys seen the commercials for this yet? Because I did, and no, it looks like they're but I am, playing the same exact movies. Yeah, I haven't seen... I saw your comment, I guess, to that effect, or somebody had mentioned that it looks fairly similar to Freeforms, but I love AMC, so I'm super excited about it, and I'm really hoping that it's up to snuff as far as content, if it is stuff that's not on Freeform or ABC Family or whatever it is, schedule. All the movies they put in their promo, I'm pretty sure we've covered all of them. They had Die Hard, Gremlins, and Santa Claus, National Lampoon, Elf, so it's all the good ones. All the big so ones. if you need to catch up on Tis the Podcast episodes, you can find all our movies there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All the good I, think ones. I think they're programming people were probably listening to our episodes and like, yeah, these guys make a good point. Let's have this one. Nice. If they are listening, please have us on to do live commentary for your movies. Like oh, a late dude. night special. That would be awesome. Yeah, man. Oh, Lord. Or just Wish give I us our own two and a half hour time slot to quote the entire movie of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> that would also be fun. Act it out. Yeah. <laughs> So um, our question of the week this week, as we mentioned in last week's episode, comes courtesy of Chasing Levitation on Reddit. And they asked, if you had to spend an entire week inside of a Christmas movie, which movie would you choose and why? They chose Elf because I'm usually alone with my annoying excitement for everything Christmas, so I'd love to spend a week with Buddy and finally have someone to be super annoyed with. <laughs> so we put some limitations, I put some limitations on this question. And we can't choose a movie that's in our top five, our personal top fives. So, Tom, since you seemed most tortured by the question, what movie did you pick and why? Jo- Joyous Noel. Oh. I'm totally kidding. I do not <laughs> want to be I have away. no idea what that is. <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing film if you haven't seen it, but it covers the uh, Christmas truce during World War II. Oh. Okay. Interesting. Oh, well. That joke would have been a lot funny if you guys had seen it. Yeah, they, yeah, they're they're in the middle of World War II battle, fighting and killing one another. So no, that is definitely not it. And I'm gonna take a pass, and you can come back to me in just a minute because I forgot to think about this. Julia, what did you pick? Hands down for me, and only because we've not covered this movie yet, am I gonna use this cheating my way around the top five movies? I would be in White Christmas because of the clothes. The location and the love story and the music and the season and the colors and the songs. <laughs> if, if I was going to use a workaround like that, 
I would choose Miracle on 34th Street, the remake, but I kind of lived that already, being from New York and Macy's and everything like that. So I don't need to live in that film. So if I had to choose one off of our list, I think I would go with, if I wanted to cheat, I would say the Santa Claus 2 because it's not in my top five, but the first one is. (laughs) (laughs) But I won't do that. Uh, Probably be the Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'll tell you why. Christmas Town. I'd love to live in Christmas Town. Year round. 100% agree. Really? Absolutely. That's, oh, Christmas Town is so magical in that. Me and you have been agreeing a lot lately, Tom. This is crazy. Yeah, we have, Take we have. to Christmas. <laughs> a Christmas I, miracle. <laughs> I would almost say the live action Grinch, except for I can't stand the Who's at all in that. Like, I just cannot stand them. Definitely not Krampus. No. Um, Unless it's pre-Krampus and that, because that house is beautiful. That is beautiful. Mark's like Martha Stewart threw up in here. Yeah, and then you'd get Granny. You'd get the. Oh, I would get Granny. That was an awesome. All the treats. I am going to say, for my love of bygone eras, uh, the man who invented Christmas. Oh yeah. I like the way they depicted London, probably more so than the historic London. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot less poop in that movie than there probably was <laughs> in that London, true to form. Far less people being murdered by the first famous serial killer. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but I think out of everything, the one the one I would pick that I would definitely not want to be a part of would definitely be Krampus. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, toss up for me between Krampus and Pete's Christmas. <laughs> I'd live in Pete's Christmas. I would too. It's beautiful. I like it's the wintry. Great. Mm-hmm. The snow outside, all that snow. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I I agree with the grandfather or whoever called it a toilet. Anyway, I love how every now and then we refer to this lost episode that our listeners have never heard. <laughs> I, keep, I keep them enticed. Um. <laughs> Julia, do you have a question of the week for next week that we can think about and our listeners can think about? Yeah, I do have a question. So we always talk about how there are things in the season that get us excited and in the Christmas spirit, like the smells and the tastes and the, the songs. Okay. So my question is what odd thing gets you, like what is the weirdest thing that makes you stop and think, huh? That feels like Christmas. Hmm. Not a standard one, but like an off-the-wall one. That's a good one. Thank you. Just came to me like a bolt of lightning. I'm going to have to think about that one. Well, you have a week. I do have a week. And over the next week, if, if you're looking for something to do and people to share in your excitement for the holiday season, jump on to social media and talk to us. We're on Facebook at Tis the Podcast, Twitter at Tis the Pod, Instagram at Tis the Podcast. We have a subreddit at r slash Tis the Podcast. Or, as one of our patrons did this week, you can engage with us on Patreon. If you're one of our paid Patreon subscribers, you can start a conversation there. And thank you, Adam Kirkman, for being that patron of Patreon content. When we talk about Patreon, what we're talking about is content above and beyond what we do here every week. So for a small donation a month, a minimum of a dollar a month, it opens the gates of glorious extra content from Tis the Podcast. Um, We have stuff there that's 
not Christmas. We have some stuff there that's Christmas and we have big plans for the future. So stuff that's in there right now, you can get the Hocus Pocus episode that we did for Halloween last year where we reviewed that movie. We also did an episode of Clue, the cult classic. It was Tom's first time watching that. So that was a little extra fun. Um, we have some super cool stuff coming up. We haven't even recorded yet. Like for Thanksgiving, we're going to cover the Friends Thanksgiving episodes as a group, and we're all very big Friends fans, so that should be a lot of fun. And we are also looking at covering some of the new Christmas commercials coming out, primarily those awesome exports from the UK. We are super excited about that as well. And we just really love dabbling in different mediums, um, even talking about graphic novels. We covered Batman Noel just a few months ago. So come and join us there. If you're looking for extra stuff, you can always find us here. But hey, if you want, if you want some non-Christmas fare, then please come and join us. Patreon.com. You can find us Tis the Podcast. So really quick, I meant to bring this up two weeks ago. We got an awesome Twitter comment that made me <laughs> smile and made me very happy that I just wanted to share. And it comes from at Jeb underscore Scrib who is also a big Reddit user, he left a comment on October 19th. And I guess he was going through our back catalog of episodes. He wrote, I just listened to At Tis the Pods Twas the Night Before Christmas. And the bit at the end where you all say it together just gives me the feels. Thank you, because now I have another tradition that will start this Christmas Eve. I Aww. think that's awesome. <laughs> the one time we were in unison, guys. It took and lots all- of editing. <laughs> Yeah, lots and lots and lots of it. (laughs) And we also got two new iTunes reviews. So I'm going to send them in Slack so you can each read one. So we got an awesome iTunes review from Zoe GK. And I would say she, but they put... A new fave, five stars. I just started listening a few weeks ago, and man, I am hooked. I've already listened to about half the episodes and can't wait to listen to the rest. Your podcast makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, and whenever I listen, I forget that it's not yet Christmas time. I am so happy there are more people who share my affinity for Christmas and the holidays and everything that makes it so special. Something... Something my friends don't understand. Someone recently saw me listening to Christmas music, and let's just say they didn't quite understand. Crying laughing face. Anyway, I really love your podcast, and I look forward to it every week. Thank you for keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. Thank you, Zoe. I love hearing that, and hey, anytime we can be responsible for backing up crazy Christmas traditions and perpetuating the holiday season earlier and earlier every year, I am down with. Me too. Heck yeah. So we've got one more here. And it is from Smiler03 underscore nine on iTunes. It says, I love Christmas and this podcast. I've grown addicted to this program. I well, love Christmas and this podcast. I love that. <laughs> Me too. I'm really excited. We have 28 reviews right now, guys. 26 of those are five stars. <laughs> I'm actually feeling kind of generous. So if you want to leave us a review by Black Friday, I will get something from the Christmas Spectacular at Radio City and randomly draw a name for everyone who leaves us a review and ship it to you. Nice. Oh. Wow. We know from the download numbers, there are a lot of you who are listening who have not left a review. So if you could do that on iTunes or Facebook or wherever you find this podcast, please do. Because it helps uh, new people find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. Next week, we are continuing Christmas Classics Month, two months, with uh, 
1992's Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. And we're going to start a poll on social media. It will be up by the time this episode drops, but we want to know which Home Alone film you like better, the first or the second. And the following week, we're covering 1996's Jingle All the Way, just in time for Thanksgiving and Black Friday. And that'll be a lot of fun. I just can't believe we're getting so close. We are getting very, very close. How close are we getting, Anthony? (laughs) Well, if you're listening to this episode on the day we drop it, we only have 1,176 hours until Christmas. That is less than 50 days, 49 days until Christmas. And seven weeks. I can't believe that. Mm -mm. That's crazy. It is crazy. Just yesterday we were in the doldrums of February, and now here we are again, getting our Christmas trees up. Oh, I think that was eight months ago, Julia. I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Math is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Do your homework, guys, and until next week, Bye, guys. Bye. Here he comes now, the big hand. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. I'm Mr. Icicle. I'm Mr. Ten Below. Friends call me Snow Miser. Whatever I touch I never wanna know a day that's over 40 degrees. I'd rather have a 30, 20, 10, 5, and then it free! He's Mr. White Christmas, he's Mr. Snow. That's right! He's Mr. Too much. <laughs> Too much. I'll, re- I'll redo all that so it'll make it easy for you, Anthony. Thank you, sir. Delete everything I've said. I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, please add that to the cutout at the end. You can delete everything I said. <laughs> okay, I will. I totally will. <laughs> I'm Mr. Green Christmas. I'm Mr. Sun. I'm Mr. Heat Blister, I'm Mr. 101. They call me Heat Miser, whatever I touch starts to melt in my clutch. (laughs) I'm too much. He's Mr. Green Christmas, he's Mr. Sun. He's too much. Thank you. 
I never wanna know a day that's under 60 degrees. Some like it hot, but I like it really hot. <laughs> He's Mr. Green Christmas. He's Mr. Sun. Sing it! He's Mr. Heat Blister. He's Mr. 101. They call me Heat Miser. Whatever I touch starts to melt in my clutch. I'm too much. Too, Too much! much.